0: You know, and then I started reading, you know, I read Nina Teichol's book, Big Fat Surprise, and I watched fat fiction and magic pill and fat, you know, all these things in my mind, just like, oh, these guys are organized crime. They're criminals, the sugar industry, the whole FDA, they're all dirty dirty, dirty, dirty. I've got enough organized crime classes and this is what it is. They've gotten themselves out of street crimes and they're, now they're involved in politics and corporations and they got control, especially of our government. That's another issue. But it's crazy. They're, they should be in jail allowing this stuff to go out there to the public, man. You know, I started saving cops, you know. You know, you lose 50 pounds, they start coming up to hey, 5-0, you got to help me, man. You know, how, what'd you do? I go, you got to get that soda.
1: Doesn't dinner sound great as it's cooking? This dinner is from Riverbend Ranch, which always provides prime or high choice. Has never been given hormones, never been given antibiotics, never been given mRNA vaccines. It's raised in the USA. It's processed in the USA. In fact, it's fully vertically integrated, which means that they own the cow. that gives birth to the calf. It's raised on their fields and then taken to their butcher and then shipped to you. And if we compare what we can buy from Riverbend Ranch to four other major state companies that sell bundles that have ribeyes and other meat in it, it can be as much as $184 to $59 less expensive. It's a great price value, and it's a delicious piece of meat. Check out mycleanbeef.com slash afterhours. That's MyCleanBeef.com slash after hours MyCleanBeef.com slash afterhours. If you've noticed, I've been wearing this t-shirt for a few episodes now. I have them available on eBay. Check out the links below to get your size. Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigalov. On this podcast, you will be encouraged to question everything and to have the courage to stand for the truth. And now, to your host, Dr. Sigalov. Right, I want to thank everybody for joining me again. I first want to give a shout out to my Patreon supporters. We've got Two Tough at $30 a month, an anonymous family donor at $20.20 a month. We have the Plandemic Reprimando at $17.76 a month with Ty, Charles, Tinfoil, Stanley, Dr. Anna, Frank, Brian, Shell, Brantley, and Gary. We've got Kevin giving $10 a month and also Pat and Bev giving $10 a month. We have Refined Not Burned at $5 a month with Linda, Emmy, Joe, PJ, Rebecca, Marcus, Elizabeth, Dawn, Ken, Rick, Mary, and Amanda. Addison Mulder is giving $3 a month, and Frank is giving $1.50. Courage is a Contagious at $1 a month with Jay, Spesnasty, Durrell Susan, BB King, and Caleb. Be sure and check out MyCleanBeef.com for the best steaks that I've certainly ever eaten. And if you're interested in one of these t-shirts that I'm wearing, check out the link below. Our very next special guest is Eric Reynolds. He's, his handle is Keto5O. He has a history in law enforcement and he found himself getting a little too heavy to do what he wanted to do in life. Eric, thanks for coming on with us. Tell us your story.
0: Thanks. So, where do you want me to start off? Being a chunky kid in the 80s with that horrible processed food that they introduced into our diet or <laughs> that sounds like a as good as place. A <laughs> But no, I mean, I was looking back, you know, obviously having young kids now and we're very strict with what they eat. We're not these crazy people that don't let them eat certain things. We just control what they eat, whether it's something sweet like blueberries, you know, versus having some, you know, high fructose corn syrup or some type of horrible treat like that. You know, we're very into that grass fed meats only for them. You know, obviously, you know, all the clean, cleanest foods we can possibly get. So. I look back at my own history in the eighties and, you know, and when I was 10 years old, I was kind of a skinny kid, like every other kid, you know, and then something happened by the time 1990 hit, when I was in college, I had a a weight problem. You know, I was probably about 30 pounds over even in college. You know, I put on the freshman weight, especially when I wasn't playing football anymore. So I wasn't, you know, burning those calories. I was still eating like a football player. And all of a sudden I had the spare tire and, you know, the whole thing happened scared to take my shirt off everything. From that point on and later in life, when I dove into my nutrition and saved myself, you know, I figured out what they were doing to the foods. You know, my mom was hardworking as a cop herself, you know, she was divorced trying to raise a kid at home and my grandmother looking after me, you know, and she thought she was, you know, they the guidelines said do this. This food has hey, it's healthy, you know, Kellogg's and all that garbage and all this other stuff. She thought she was doing the right thing and then eating the school lunches. No, so I could totally see why I was dope falling asleep in class, why I had, you know, I probably would have been diagnosed with ADHD. I mean, I needed to be outside running around, you know, and that's one of the reasons we pulled our kids out of school. We've been homeschooling for about six years now, full-time RVing, traveling the country the last almost three and a half years now. So it's just been, that's the type of learning I wish I had, but at least I'm, you know, able to give them the opportunity to do that. How old are you kids? Right now they're uh, twelve and eight, two boys, two little maniacs like myself. You know, I got that's into awesome. the kid game in my late forties, so I'm fifty-four now, and here I am chasing around twelve-year-olds and eight-year-olds. But that's right; I'm better shaped than all those 30 year old dads anyway, so I don't really worry about it. So.
1: Yeah, no, you look like you're in your forties, so that's that's great. Now, you, before we started recording, you were telling me about a time where you went to a funeral. And and you had also gone to some houses and and, you know, found a elderly person that was dead and you were looking through their meds and some of the things that you discovered that you thought of when you started seeing those those incidences.
0: Yeah, I was telling you how I was kind of looking in, you know, when the doctor started telling me about stents and heart disease and high cholesterol, I started looking uh, into that world. And I remember all my times as a police officer down here in South Florida, we have a lot of elderly and we also have a lot of rehab facilities and, you know, a lot of overdoses and a lot of people passing. And we're responsible for those scenes when we get there. And one of the protocols is you got to kind of list down all the medications that you see at, you know, poor, you know, uncle jesse passed away well he's got a whole medicine cabinet full of narcotics some some of it is some of it isn't you still got to go through it and you know it's technically evidence and you don't want kids grabbing it or neighbors or whatever and i just remember writing getting hand cramps and stuff like that and questioning all the time they're like heart disease natural causes all the time on the death certificates that we'd have to get and attached to the reports and i remember thinking man there's a whole bag of pills killing these people man just you know, it was just something I was looking into, you know, it just never really became my thing. I, I wasn't like, into the science of pharma or the medical business, as I was saying at that point, you know, but I couldn't believe that these people had medications for everything back and forth, like for every symptom.
1: You yeah, know? And it just makes and, sense when you start <clears> looking into this stuff that, yeah, they're they're piling all these meds on. Yeah, they're sick, but are these meds causing more problems? And it seems like you could sense that even when you had no medical knowledge, no training whatsoever.
0: Yeah, we'd have to sometimes arrest or Baker Act, as they say, you know, somebody that's out of their mind at the time. And there are blood thinners, and now we're ripping their skin off. I mean, it became some very grotesque situations when you're trying not to hurt somebody, you know. But here you are trying to protect them, and it's just, and then someone's, you know, trying to record it. And you're like, great, it looks like I'm battering this lady, you know. But, <clears throat> you know, and then also going into the 2000s, t- the opioid crisis was hitting hard, you know we had people from different states coming down because our pills were cheaper by the you know by the thousand or whatever you were pill shopping for you go back up to tennessee kentucky wherever and you were getting you know let's see 20 bucks down here they're getting 80 to 100 up there so some guy would you know front them the money go hit all the doctors and you know you see guys passing out at mcdonald's parking lots shooting up it was just a crazy scene and then we got involved in investigating doctors And we started seeing, you know, the same doctors showing up on these prescriptions and we'd give it to the task force and the task force would do an investigation, boom, search warrants. So I started seeing doctors getting arrested. So like, man, you know, so I was always suspicious. So when obviously when I was telling you um, about my shooting and being shot and going through PTSD and the weight gain that happened from that. Uh, I was diagnosed with heart disease. I was talking about my high calcium score of 1,400 at the time, 1,100 and 450 or something. Maybe it was 350. And they kind of scared me. Yeah. And then, you know, I I was also thinking, you know, not every test is accurate, you know. And then I didn't want to go get redone again because I I looked up how much radiation that was doing to my freaking chest, you know, like, ah let me try this keto diet that my buddy had lost 50 pounds on playing basketball, you know, and I kind of read up on it. The whole fat burning thing was so foreign to me. I never really even understood that, you know, I grew up with fat was bad, you know, the whole thing, you know, no butter, you know, my body, man, I would just eat steaks randomly, man. I think my body is yelling at me, man. And, you know, I would get the big, whatever's on sale. And I think I almost secretly would eat the whole steak, you know, with, whatever girlfriend I had at the time I was like you can't eat the whole steak it's bad for you I, my body was like no I got to eat this thing so I don't know I always stayed pretty at, I always stay pretty athletic as a cop you know I always played basketball was always in the gym but it's still gaining weight like I was telling you and then you know obviously understanding the uh, diet <clears throat> and then <clears throat> once I started feeding myself real food started healing my brain I got more motivated in that world, started dropping weight, understanding what I was actually putting in my diet. I mean, I always always laugh and tell the cops. That's how the whole Keto 5 started. They call me Keto all the time. And then 5-0, you know, they run from us in the hood. Hey, 5-0, they're here, right? From Hawaii 5-0, so it became Keto 5-0. And I, I, I just would tell them, man, I go, you, it's mind-blowing what I'm learning about, you know, the diet and nutrition, how you can just lose weight by not eating, fasting, I discovered. And it was so foreign. And here we are. We can write search warrants. I can write an arrest report. I can go in and do some of the craziest investigations and write reports. But I don't even know how to read my blood work. You know. So I remember talking to guys about their HDL and their LDL and finding Dr. Barry. And you know, I, I met Dr. David Diamond who talked about the cholesterol and the statins and all that BS. They've been pumping down the system, right? So I was just like... You know, I started saving cops, you know, you know, you lose 50 pounds. They start coming up to, hey, 5-0, you got to help me, man. You know, how, what'd you do? I go, you got to s- get that soda, get that soda. And I show them a video of someone showing, you know, that 64 grams of freaking sugar in it. And their minds are blown. And I go, just try it, try sparkling water. Let's go, you know, you got to wean some people off in different ways, whatever. They're kind of hooked, you know, and with cops, it's always smoking and it's always booze. So that was always a challenge for me. I mean, it's tough to take that away. So I'm like, all right, no beer. Let's go vodka or some whiskey and let's work on what we're mixing that with. Let's, you know, slowly get them off of that stuff. So it became very, I became very passionate about it. Helping all kinds of first responders came my way, you know, and then I think amazing. this whole camp in life, I come up. Yeah, it's been great. And, and that stair-step Oh yeah, so I ended disc- up losing 80 pounds total. So that was another, wow. I'm sorry, I, the delay got me. No, the, the stair step approach over the two years going from sorry go ahead what do you mean the stair step
1: yeah the stair step approach of you know first of all how can we make today better so instead of doing beer do do vodka do whiskey or instead of doing your soda do sparkling water how go through some of that that you've actually talked to real conversations you've had with other other first responders
0: yeah, I would get them to try it and fast on their shift. And then maybe depending on when they were getting off, whether what was open, a diner, all right, bacon and eggs, fellas, let's go load up, you know, get the sausages and, you know, don't go to bed right away, you know, but, you know, usually by the time they get home and, you know, chicken wings all the time, you can almost get chicken wings in anywhere. You got to watch the sauces, you know? Yeah. yeah. A lot of the, even the cream, you know, the ranches, all that, they have all the soy and all. that's still, you got to get there. So at least you're getting them off the fries and, you know, the fast food garbage that's just, you know, poisoning people. So, and also, like I said, really letting them understand their blood work. You know, a lot of people didn't understand any of them. They just listen to what their doctors are saying. I'm like, man, you won't believe this Unfortunately, a lot of these guys are just part following, they're following the narrative, you know. And, you know, I feel bad, you know, that nobody else. I mean, all these doctors I found in these you know these different events I've gone to, and some of the people I've found like yourself, it's amazing that it's just so black and white how eating this way <laughs> cures so many diseases and I wanted to ask is recently, and I know this wasn't part of our agenda, but my son, my youngest was diagnosed with Lyme disease, really? and we were going about three months through a whole bunch of stuff we've go- gone up to New York for some cops and campers events and stuff. We've been all over the place, so it's like he wasn't bitten by a tick. We didn't find a bite. you know. And then you go down the rabbit hole of Lyme, and it could be mosquitoes. It could be fleas. And you find out about bioweapon possibilities and stuff like this, and you just start, wow. And then related to COVID stuff and the Wuhan lab, and you, you really can go down that rabbit hole and freak yourself out. But it's a low-inflammation diet is what's helping my son yeah. battle a lot of this stuff. you know. And it's just another avenue that shows me how this – you know, anti-inflammatory way of eating keto, ketovore, carnivore, getting out the processed food vor, whatever you want to call it, you know, it's just been amazing. And the answer's there. You
1: know, one thing you know, that I want to suggest... Is if you want to learn more about Lyme, this is for you and for the audience. Is check out uh, was it Lab Two Fifty Seven? It's all about Plum Island off the coast of New York, and in that book they go into all the bioweapon research that the U.S. government did, and and they don't use doctors to do the research. They because there's IRBs internal or uh, yeah internal review boards that you have to. Pass, So they use veterinarians to do the research and they use veterinarians to do the research into Lyme disease. And there was never Lyme disease. There was never any tick borne illnesses until they started studying it at lab 257 off of on Plum Island. So I strongly encourage everyone to take a look at that book. Now, this is not medical advice for you or your family or for anyone's family, but go check out my episode 79 where I talk about chlorine dioxide. Again, I'm not suggesting it as a medical treatment for anything because the FDA could have me arrested or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but it's something worth looking into. There's, I, I know a man who got rid of his acu- uh age-related macular degeneration by using that substance, dropping it in his eyes. Uh, I know a man who got rid of his, his son's anaphylaxis to tree nuts uh, by giving him a very strong concentration of that, that substance. I know another man who got rid of his uh, bladder cancer by taking it. And that that man who got rid of his bladder cancer, his father got rid of MS uh, by taking chlorine dioxide which is likely a parasitic infection, not some sort of neurologic, just a neurologic issue.
0: Yeah, we we were pretty, we were thinking it was everything from Marfan to, you know, it was uh, pediatric uh, rheumatoid arthritis, they were telling us at the hospital. Wow. And then once we talked to a naturopathic doctor and told the symptoms and said, should we take the antibiotics? Cause a lot of it's only effective right away. We couldn't find a bite, and we'd be going through this about three to four months. Oh, wow. so we thought we missed the window anyway, so we weren't, you know, we're, you know we're, we're those people. We're just not going to just jump to, you know, antibiotics right away. So she had said, did you test him for Lyme? And we were like, "Nah." So we ended up testing him, and boom, it hit.
1: Yeah. And
0: he had everything, man, looking like a crippled, the poor kid. It was heartbreaking, oh, you know, going through that. But we learned so much about it. And, you know, I've got a couple of friends in the keto world. Like, you know, you you know people and I, have you know, and he told us some stuff. And the uh, Under Your Skin documentary was very, you know, informative and the author. I think she wrote a book called Bitten, you know, and it's just like you said, that Plum Island stuff. And you look back to where it originated back in Germany and what they were trying to test on the, you know, on the Russian, you know, pigs or whatever, the Russian animals over there. And you're like, wow, man, how far back is still showing up. Right. Anyways, I digress. Yeah.
1: No, and, oh, and one other incidents that I know of, I personally spoke to a man who had a, a seafood allergy to crustaceans, to fish, to freshwater, saltwater fish. Um, since he was a child, he'd eat something and he'd vomit. And he did chlorine dioxide every day for a month. I don't know the exact regimen, how much he had every day, but he'd drink it throughout the day. And at the end of that month, he could start to eat fish. And he didn't like the taste of it, but it didn't make him vomit. He didn't have that visceral response anymore. So it's, it's an interesting substance right. that everyone should look into and see if it's right for them. Again, I'm not giving any medical advice. That we I have no patient-physician uh, relationship with anyone that hears this message.
0: Episode 79. Got it.
1: Yeah, check it out. And that guy that I talked to about it is a pediatric orthopedic surgeon from Mexico where he's allowed to use it in treatment. Okay. But yeah, so tell me... Um, When you, like, how you first discovered it, you said a a friend of yours, and and take me through that when you first, like, started realizing, hey, if I eat different, my life changes.
0: Well, I remember I was coaching t-ball and, you know, running around with these kids, you know, I, I as a cop, even though I was suffering going through stuff, I still tried to stay somewhat connected to society on some level, one foot in. So I was coaching t-ball and I remember the first thing I ever made when I started this whole eating window, eating at nine, one and five or 12 and five. And I made the uh, fathead pizza, the keto pizza or something like that. And I put a big couple of big pieces of pepperoni on it. I waited. I had my coffee. I put some broth in it. I remember that and some ghee butter early in the morning, like six. And then I had on my way to the t-ball, I had a slice of that. And I wasn't hungry for like hours, you know, and I remember them talking about the healthier fats, you know, and was like, wow, is this good or bad for my digestive system? So, you know, you start seeing a little bit of success, feeling a little bit better. And I felt challenged because I didn't want to go the other way or other way. I didn't want Dr. you know, doctor feel good to start cutting into me and messing around. So I really dove into it and you know, I found a couple of videos. You know, I think I went, the very first place I ever went to was like ketogenic.com. And I read about recipes and I started making my own recipes The meal planning became huge, making my own linguini lasagna, not linguine, I'm sorry. Uh, zucchini lasagna was a go-to cauliflower, mac and cheese. I I'd throw a hamburger in there. I, I was always heavy meat. It'd say one pound of meat, blah, blah. Yeah. I'd go four pounds of meat, extra cheese. And that's how I rolled, man. And losing the weight, like I said, within two weeks, I remember taking, I weigh myself every week, once in a while, i cheat like everybody, you get on there midweek, and then you're like yelling at yourself, why would I do that, and, you know? Um, but I had a memory of photos of losing two pounds a week. Boom, boom, you know, from 238, 236, you know? And I remember getting down to 224, and I'm like, and looking back and feeling good, you know? And at the time, at, at, after my shooting, there was an evidence job that popped up in my department, a typical desk job, everyone hates it. Who, who wants to be locked in the building? I do, because I already got shot. I don't want to go out there again. I want to take a break, right? So I jumped into evidence. Meal prep, I didn't have to battle shift, like going to call to call, unless it was a crazy call. So I had that going in my side. Had time to go seek out therapy through workers' comp and address the PTSD, you know, come in the fighting workers' comp. But anyways, evidence job, you know, saved me. But I, I allowed myself meal prep, One of those stupid, you know, counting your steps all day. I did it. I set a goal, like 10,000 and 9,000 on Monday night. I'm walking around to get that 10, you know, and it became motivation. And you start seeing those little bit of success and feeling better at the same time. And then it empowered me, you know, and then I started reading, you know, I read Nina Tyshul's book, Bit Fat Surprise. And I watched Fat Fiction and Magic Pill and Fat, you know, all these things in my mind just like... Oh, these guys are organized crime. They're criminals. The sugar industry, the whole FDA—they're all dirty, 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 dirty. I've got enough organized crime classes, and this is what it is. They've gotten themselves out of street crimes, and they're, now they're involved in politics and corporations, and they got control, especially for government. That's another issue. But it's crazy. They—they should be in jail, allowing this stuff to go yeah. out there to the public, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, in, it's just. Crazy. I'm sorry. I just get I yeah. go crazy thinking
1: about it. The oils. The oils most people don't realize that these oils that we put in our foods were originally designed to lubricate engines. And they said, hey, we could eat them too. Well, yeah, well, they don't kill you right when you eat them, but they cause problems over time. They cause serious problems over time.
0: You got fluoride. You look at that, you know, you start seeing you peel back that layer, man. You can't go back. You know? I mean it's yeah, I stumbled across. And,
1: I re- recently stumbled across this YouTube channel called The Evil Food Supply. I encourage everyone to go check it out. Those videos are phenomenal. They have one on fluoride. They have one on ozempic, uh, semaglutide, and how awful that is for your body. They-, they have all of these videos about food. And I encourage everyone to go check it out because it expands your mind, and you can't go back to the same size once you've expanded it.
0: Yeah, that's what happened to me with... Um... I think it was Magic Pill and then Fat Fiction. After I saw those two movies and then, like I said, reading Big Fat Surprise and the sugar industry, you know, I saw like Dr. Robert Lustig's presentation from years ago about Coca-Cola and it just all was clicking to me. Everything, all my issues I had growing up, the rashes on my body, the cysts once in a while, like weird things going on. My body's just been trying to push out all these toxins all these years, you know, and Man, there ain't no money. I'm sorry. I started getting all copped on you. There's no money in you being healthy. It's bottom line. And they don't care about you. So you, you got to take control of your own health. And it's okay to know more information than your doctor about what you're going through. Like I did when I told my doctor about my nutrition, what I'm doing. He looked at I was crazy. He's like, your cholesterol is 367. I go, but Dr. Barry said that that's okay, you know? So I had some ammo in my pocket, you know? And they don't like hearing that. And I go, check out his book, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, man, it just, you gotta have the knowledge and, you know, the knowledge is power for you, it really is. And there's hopefully enough people, you know, like I found you, I just looked up carnivore and lime, or carnivore and keto or something, and you popped up chewing the fat. I'm like, hey. Yeah, and so- That's awesome, I heard about you way before. Yeah. I didn't know you were running a podcast. And so I was like, oh, check them out. Awesome. So.
1: Yeah, and, and I discovered my, my enlightenment of diet happened just before COVID, uh, which was great timing for me because then I was able to to see through all the garbage of COVID and, and the bioweapon and, and all that. But I'm impressed when people have seen that long before that. And, it, you know, there's guys that have been doing this for years, years and years.
0: Yeah, I was... I was fortunate because everyone I followed in 2018, I remember there was a documentary I was in, just a small one called Cops in Cabins. It's about eight cops go to a cabin. We all hang out. We don't know each other. We tell stories. One of the cops is a documentary guy and he films it. And it's only about, I don't know, nine minutes or something. But I break down in it because I'm dealing with stress at the time. And I was heavy, man. And I looked metabolically sick. And that was one of the things that helped me, you know, look into the keto world. And then all of a sudden I'm losing weight. They're telling me to get stents in my chest. They're telling me all this. I need medication, blah, blah, blah. And then COVID starts to hit. I continue to lose weight. I retired right before COVID on my 50th birthday. So I released that stress, lost the next 25 pounds, saw my abs for the first time since I was probably born doing crunches, trying to, you know, breastfeed or something. And I was in the mirror, my wife's like, what are you doing? I go, I can't believe I could have had this 30 years ago, right? Not that I would have been, maybe I would have showed off, probably would have showed off, I'm not going to lie, but it was still cool. Like, I I actually had a body, I actually had this under my fat suit, I told her. I go, once I got all those, that fat suit, this is what was under there. And that's why guys would say, man, you move pretty pretty good for a big guy. Well, because I had something under that was just, you know, overweight, you know, and too heavy. Man, and then COVID hit, and then all the people I was following, whether it was Mercola or it was, uh, you know, the Dirty Dozen types, you know, that had helped me with nutrition. They helped me with nutrition. A lot of, they weren't trying to make money, and all of a sudden, they had a certain opinion on what what was going on with COVID. Dr. Shiva, seeing his thing about his... uh. I'm sorry, your immune system and all this stuff was fascinating to me. and I dove into that world, and then I I got caught up and started getting banned on Facebook, trying to help people out. And then, you know, I became the, you know, I guess anti-vaxxer, but it wasn't that. I was just, you know, we did our homework before we vaccinated our kids. And you know what we did? We didn't vaccinate our kids, all right? Um, We ended up, my wife breastfed for, yeah, She breastfed three years. We stayed involved in our kids' lives. We didn't go out to movies. We didn't go out to dinner. We sacrificed. I did details. Whatever I had to do to keep her home with our child because she wanted to. At that point, she was a career woman. The minute she had that kid, mama took over. I need to be with my child, and I'm watching what he eats. And turns out she found out during that breastfeeding that she was allergic to gluten like a lot of us are because she had some issues with our son she took out the gluten all of a sudden he got better and she felt fantastic you know and that's when you know that was way back in the beginning of our journey of nutrition one of the little things that helped us go down that
1: road if you don't mind i'd like to talk about your ptsd a little bit not not the details of it but how diet may have helped so i have a lot of experience with military personnel because i was in the army and i know that police officers are in a lot of similar you know dangerous situations that like you yourself have been shot, and that's not something that the general public typically sees. These are issues that can cause PTSD, that can reasonably cause PTSD. And I've noticed I, I had a patient that was a forward observer, a fister, and it helped him with his PTSD. I've had, you know, spouses that had anxiety; it was destroying their marriage, and it helped their anxiety, and their marriage came back together. How did eating this way? Open your mind enough to see that, hey, not only do I have a problem, but I have a solution, too, that I can find if I work on it.
0: Well, I remember, you know, obviously drinking became more of a focus of my everyday life, you know, getting home. That had to take the edge off, you know. And I wasn't going to be popping pills or, you know, obviously our job, you know, you will be drug testing, bump a car, you're getting piss test. So you don't want anything showing up and guys can't do anything like marijuana or cbd so it was strictly alcohol i fell in favor of and you know my wife told me you're changing something's going on you know and i already knew i was feeling the stress of going back call to call every my heart rate was up instead of already being vigilant where i normally was i was here all the time i couldn't come back down and I come home like that, and then you you stay there over and over and over, and I never could get myself decompressed unless I drank, and then of course, you get down too low, you know. So you're you're doing this whole roller coaster, and I knew I was going through that. And then I, you know, like I said earlier, I battled workers comp. They maybe break down in front of a boardroom of freaking lawyers to make sure that I was mentally you know unstable or having my issues, whatever they want. You know, I just wanted help because yeah, my foot was healing, and my leg was healed. But up here, I was still going through a lot, and I still wanted some answers, you know? And finally got, you know, sent me to a private doctor, got approved, finally got my doctor. And he told me, Eric, you gotta learn how to dance with this. Your central nervous system's taken over. You're not gonna sleep as comfortable as you used to. You're not gonna wanna go out to public. Everything that I was going through, he was telling me. And of course, he's a professional, and he's dealt with people in my same situation, probably like yourself. So he knew what I was going through, what was happening but he talked to my wife and kids he got them involved in some of the therapies became a group project type of thing i still drank i lied about how much i was drinking and stuff like that but then the ptsd the minute i changed you know from sugar and carbs you know when i was doing the keto became more focused I saw success in losing weight. Like I was telling you, two pounds every week or so. And lost 50 in the first six months. Felt confident. Felt more like it empowered me. I felt more motivated. You know, I started looking at, well, I can retire at 50 or I can stay till 55 and get more money. And I'm like, well, that five years, what's that going kind to of cost me with my kids? At the time they were eight and three. Yeah, he'll be a teenage, you know, all that stuff, playing games. And I'm like, man, that five years, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave that half million dollars on the table. I'm going to buy my life back and I'm going to buy my health. And that, I would have never made that decision if I was a- eating right before. I would have been so worried about college, having the jet ski down here in Florida or the boat or your HOA fees or whatever. You know, I would have been so wrapped up in that mater- materialistic world. I would never have had this. My wife convinced us to sell our house and get a travel trailer we travel the country with I mean this that's what this diet did for me it just changed my life man I mean it's been fascinating the people I've met you know I started a nonprofit cops in Cambridge where we get first responders together and one of the focuses is to get doctors there and people that can help them someone like you you're welcome we get your camper you come stay with us and what we do is we hang out all, all weekend and guys seem to find a niche they find somebody and now they get a camping buddy somebody that is part of their little clique that wasn't there before. You know, and that's why we did the documentary on YouTube. It's just a little 30-minute documentary about what that event's about and what it means to each individual guy. And so that's just some of the things that, you know, I started the Keto Five O nutrition business. I went to nutrition school to get my little license and personal training. I mean, all this stuff because of this diet. It's insane, you know, and I've heard about this. And You know, people changing careers and being empowered because it you get clarity in your mind, you know, and you start thinking, I want to, like, I... I did this social media thing where they sent me a guitar, free guitar, if I just did, you know, acted like I was playing with it, right? Yeah, I'm trying to hustle. I, I don't want to get back out there on the road. So, and I'm, I'm like, you know what? I want to learn how to play guitar. So by the time I'm 60 in six years, I want to be able to learn how to play that guitar. And that's a little goal that i would never tried before. I've been like, I'm done growing. I'm done learning, you know. But going into this world and doing the research and. My wife's, eyes wide open on this, everything that's going on from the food mafia, all those people. So it's just been fascinating. So that's what the diet, it can empower you to not only take care of your health and empowers your family and other people around you too. And that's what was the real goal of mine was seeing cops lose 50, 60 pounds, not have to go to a doctor and feel depressed and sick. And, you know, when your doctor looks, you know, looks like shit, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. So, I mean, that's what I was telling them.
1: Yeah, when your doctor's 400 pounds, it's hard to take advice from them. Yeah. Which I've seen before, a 400-pound doctor. And it's like, tough to talk about nutrition.
0: So, I don't know if you want me to keep talking. because <laughs> So, no, you're saying the PTSD stuff, what really did happen was once I got control of it, I still battle with it every day. There's an incident where the whole reason Cops and campers got started was a campground in upstate New York asked me to take down my thin blue line flag. And I told the guy pound sand and a couple of, you know, I got a little crazy with it and I filmed it and I put it out there on Twitter and everything and I kind of took off. And then the camping club, I won't say their names, but it's TT and they, they suspended me from the camping group for two months. So I couldn't make any reservations. Channel Twelve came out in Hudson Valley did a news story on retired cop threatened with arrest for flying his thin blue line flag and I'm just like I'm just trying to camp here folks right and it turned into some they had a rally there and I started this organization now the nonprofit and what happened over that time those two months that was suspended four different campgrounds reached out and said bring your family bring your rig and your flag you're staying with us covering all that time so they filled in that two-month gap and every one of these campgrounds i was meeting people local cops would come up exchanging challenge coins and stuff like that which i got to send you one of my challenge coins and it was awesome what an experience and that's what empowered me then to say all right we're going to turn this negative into a positive and not only am i going to camp together we're going to get you guys eating right and then you're going to see it's going to help you especially retired cops that are sitting around depressed on medication overweight let's get you moving boys let's go you know yeah i,
1: unfortunately, I don't much, know, i'm sorry i don't know much of the the police world right now i've got some friends that are police officers but what you just described is almost every retiree from the army they they lose their their mission they they lose their fraternity the brotherhood they they have nothing to do. They get all the money that they need to survive, maybe not to thrive, but to survive. And so they sit around and watch TV and their health just spirals down because as men, and, and this is mostly both of these positions, you know, careers are mostly male. Um, there are women in the field that do great things, but for men, we need to have a purpose a f- to give us self-esteem, to give us sense of who we are. And when we lose that purpose in retirement, when we no longer have that fraternity, just life comes crumbling down. And a lot of guys don't realize that. And so they just find themselves 10 years later sitting on the couch for 10 years. And now they're much larger than they used to be about to go get a stint. And it's if we can help change those, those people to say, yes, you still have a purpose. It's a new purpose. It's a different, it's a different mission set, but it's still a mission.
0: Yeah, and doing this camping life for three years, you know, I run into a lot of veterans, whether it's w- whichever service it is, and like I was saying, they're overweight, they have trouble moving, their dogs are overweight, they look just like them. I mean, I'm going to start another business called Keto Fido, and we're going to get these dogs and cats back into shape. Get out of here, diabetic dog or cat! Are you kidding me? That's just insane to me. I know that's all you got to do, but anyways. So I, I found that talking with these old guys or you know I caught you know they always think I'm a young guy still on the job. I go, no nah, man, I'm actually I'm retired. And then they can't believe it. You didn't hold on. I go, no, nah, I got out. And talking to them, they love it. They love just BS and sitting around. Uh oh. So they just love getting together like that, especially the campfire stories. And that's why the organizations that the, the two events I got coming up. In New York and in Georgia, or nothing but campfires, sitting around talking. We have some food trucks. We have some uh, doctors coming. Hopefully, I get. Uh, I know Doctor Kilt said he'd come up to the one in New York. Oh, awesome! So I, I just talked to him
1: just a couple days ago. A- awesome guy.
0: Yeah, I watched that one. I was watching that one, and yeah. So I'm trying to get Doctor uh, Doctor Tro. You know, and you know, I'm going to this uh, keto event down in Boca in January. So I'm going to try to network. I got to get some people to the, uh, we're going to LAJ, Georgia in in April, and we're going to have a little get together, a nice little RV spot there. And if you don't have a camper, you can rent one and we get a great discount and we're going to have some really good food and hopefully a nice meetup where people learn about the true, you know, nutritional meat and how they've been lied to and played,
1: you know? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure before you started doing this and after you started eating this way, you've seen the change in your kids. My kids were two and three when we started. And the difference we saw and the way we we sell it to them is strong foods and weak foods. So strong food is anything from an animal. Weak food is anything processed in any vegetable. And fruit is kind of in the middle. Unless they've been eating fruit all day, then it's like, okay, let's eat some strong food. Um, But their behavioral changes have just been astonishing and and when they have a meltdown, it's like, well, yeah, it's usually because we just let them eat some weak food. And, you know, like we go to a birthday party and there's a bunch of weak food there. Well, let's eat strong food before we go, because we know there's only going to be weak food there. That way we we don't say, no, you can't ever have that. And now they're the, the weird kids, which is not bad to be the weird kid. <laughs> let's just put that out there. It's good to be different than normal society, um, but still have those similar interests and similar uh, lifestyle that other kids have. But a different understanding of food. So have you seen any of those changes in the behavior of your kids? Well, we
0: got off to a good start with the wife already diving in that world. So we never really introduced anything really processed. We probably overdid on some oat bread at some time. And I know oatmeal with raisins and walnuts and stuff was something that she ended up having to drop. But as they've gotten older, what we'd notice is we're the family that goes to the birthday parties and we bring our own food. And we just say they're allergic to sugar. They're allergic to sugar. That's it. You know. Oh, what's this pizza? Well, yeah, pizza technically turns into sugar. I just and then we're like, oh, okay. And then we have their own food, and we bring our. Uh, we use uh, almond flour to use. You know, they have a not to give them a shout out like Simple Mills or something like that makes uh, an almond flour cake, or you can make bis it's not biscuits. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, cupcakes out of it. They got cookies. So. We just let the kid eat that there. Whether everyone else eating their cake, our kids are eating theirs and nobody cares except, you know, you can kind of tell the other parents are like, oh, my God, they brought their own. I don't care, you know, because in 20 years, my kid's not going to be addicted to sugar. And I'm not even trying to like and I'm not preaching. They ask. Yeah, we just find that he is. We always say, hey, he's a better behaved kid. When he's not on that stuff that rocks his, you know, obviously his insulin levels. But most people, you just say they don't get high on sugar. They're not all jacked up. We just kind of keep them stable. And, you know, we don't do the juices. If they do any fruits, it's, you know, bananas once in a while. I'm I'm really not liking a banana. I don't do them. But the blueberries, strawberries, and they freeze it. So it's like an ice cream treat. She'll pour goat milk on it. We do raw dairy. And it's almost like a yogurt. Frozen treat to them, you know, so that's what you know. They're still tasting sweets. We're not stopping our kids from having this. It's just we realized my son going through the lime, you know, they had a lot of the stuff he was going through had stevia in it because it was helping break up the uh, I forgot the casing or whatever the bacteria to get the uh, antibiotic or whatever's in there. And he couldn't take the taste of stevia, man, because our kids are just not used to that type of sweet taste. You know, and it's crazy how much of the other stuff out there for kids has to be sweetened for them. You know, why not sour it up a little bit? Kids like sour too,
1: you know. <laughs> when you get used to real fruit, which I, I understand that our fruit today is not the fruit we had 200 years ago. But when you're eating that, artificial sweetener is, you know, 300 times sweeter. It, it tastes unnatural.
0: Yeah, and we let our we let our kids listen to our bodies. My oldest, my twelve year old, is true carnivore. He's eaten bull testicles that we slaughtered on a farm that we worked at. You know, yeah, that's awesome. some of the other things we did. I drove a tractor. It was like I felt like, uh, what about Bob? I was like, I'm driving a tractor. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. But we ended up having to slaughter a pig and a, a bull that got loose and got. We had to euthanize it. But he ate the testicles because he saw Liver King try it. So he's a he's a hard charger, and his DNA just is telling him, "Hey, I want to eat bacon. I want to eat meat, and it's good. It keeps him regulated." You know, he's got the body yeah. type. You know, my other one's more of the chess player. He'll eat a lot of meat, but not like the other one. And he likes his sweets a little more. You know, a lot yeah. more like his mama. So it's just kind of yeah. funny how both kids adapt our personalities with our diet, but it works for each of them. You know, I got one guy that's the athlete, and one guy that's the agent. So that's (laughs) what we're riding with right now.
1: That's awesome. What else do you want to talk about today? Well, before we go there, give me, if you could, give me a a one or two minute pitch to the 50-year-old retired police officer that you want him to, you know, maybe he was a motorcycle cop, maybe he was um, driving street, and he just... You want him to come and just try this life for a month. What, what would you say to that man?
0: Oh, man, I start off. This is what I usually tell guys. I'm like, you like bacon? They're like, yeah. I like that dog. You like eggs? Yeah. You like whiskey? Yeah. All right. Now we're talking, right? You like chicken wings? Yeah. All right. All right. If you eat like that for a week, let's try it. Let's just bacon, eggs we we'll throw in some avocados so you make your wife shut up so she thinks you're eating greens, right? Even though it's just a healthy fat. I go, let's try it, you know? But the craziest thing is you're not, you You got to get the family involved. You know, I've tried to work with guys. It's so hard when they're still all eating garbage. You got to commit to this the same way. Like if you went to this, like when you went to the police academy and you had a wife or a girlfriend and you needed her to be on with you in this, Right or him, whoever's in your life, they got to be with you on this because this really is about life and death and you having a better quality of life. You know, heart disease is real. This food will kill you. And it's almost right on time. You retire. 65 start collecting dead by 70 have a nice day right and it's over and over again then cops military first responders whoever has any type of high stress job like that we're losing our lives like what 10 years before a dozen years before so we're dying we don't even get this 70 so do it for your kids my kids motivate me I run around with them at the park I don't catch them all the time I do I try to do pull-ups I try to stretch every day you got to keep your body moving don't don't become a victim because we, we all were lions out there chasing the wolves. Don't become a victim to the wolves. Be that old guy that's going to be able to fight. And unfortunately, a lot of these cops I see are out of shape. And it's not your fault. The job is stressful. You're gaining weight with the stress. And that's what I'm talking about. Your wife has to be on board. Your husband has to be on board. I see so many guys holding on to the job because the wife's already counting the money he's going to make at the end. Well, guess what? You may not get to enjoy it with him in the end, you know, and it's sad. And I see it over at multiple pensions, military pension, cop pension, school board cop pension, dead four years later, three pensions. That's it, you know, and it was a heart attack, you know, and it something me probably went down that road of the doctor. Oh, you're getting older, well, You're getting older. You need, you know, you need statins or you need blood pressure medication, you know, cut the salt back. We'll get away from the red meat. They're freaking poisoning you, man. Organized crime. Don't let them win don't let them win
1: man. it's crazy i agree that's it's amazing i love that perspective the organized crime because you have the the research in that that sector and it's always looked like it to me they
0: bribe someone at the fda the guy gets a job at the company that bribed them it's it's just how it works i see it and they do it right in front of us that's what gets me
1: well they're wearing suits so they can't be criminals if they're wearing suits
0: Oh, I learned that long ago. All the all the criminals show up in suits for court. So, what do you think I'm used to? So,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, nothing, man. Hey, the other thing you said talk about? My mom's a character on the new show Griselda, that's coming out on Netflix. I'm not. I don't work for Netflix, but we got contacted before COVID. Somebody heard my mom on a podcast talking from a cop's perspective, having a son that was shot in the line of duty. It was a very interesting wow. podcast she did. So somehow the writers of the Narco series saw or heard, were doing research about the 80s and 70s. And my mom happened to be a Cuban cop back then. She They used her part of the task force. So she wow. went deep undercover. And here I am, 10 years old, playing with G.I. Joes and playing <laughs> soccer ball and at the YMCA. wondering why my mom's not picking me up by five o'clock, right? So crazy story. She's got a character in the show about the black widow, the one that murdered all these freaking drug dealers and stuff. and we're pretty excited but anyway they contacted me and said hey we want to talk to your mom about what they're like we're doing a show in miami called griselda and i was like oh wow. shoot mom you're finally gonna <laughs> get that amazing. kitchen you've been wanting so <laughs> so she got her narcos kitchen as we say so it's pretty cool that starts in that's january amazing. and uh, sophia bergar is actually playing playing the uh the hit woman or i guess the gangster. so that wow, would be cool that's amazing so that's really it man I mean, it's, I got a lot to talk about. My brother, come see us in one of these Cops and Campers event, you'll find the brother I found through 23andMe. He's a cop too. It's a crazy story. So, it's... Oh, wow. Join, join the fun. See what this diet's done to me? I found a brother. I changed careers. I'm driving around I, in a box truck, it seems like, all the time. But it's, I'm seeing the best things in life and enjoying life with my kids. So, would never change anything.
1: Eric, thank you so much. Man, this has been just a breath of fresh air seeing how this diet has changed your entire life and your children's life and just I mean this is amazing. This is this is the news that I love to spread with people because it it changes everything. It changes those around you and you change other lives and it just keeps spreading. It's it's amazing to hear and to see.
0: Yeah, if anybody wants to come to an event copsandcampers.com, keto50.com, you can find everything you know and reach out to me man i always take phone calls i'm always looking to help you know we're all here to help you man and so it, this diet is so simple just get off the process i'm telling you it's amazing you know i sound like it i'm se- selling something i'm not selling nothing i'm selling i'm selling you health for free that's what i'm telling you yeah, yeah. that's awesome thank you for having me man thank you thank, brother. you
1: thank you god bless you and great talking to you brother Just a reminder for everyone out there, duty uniform of the day, the full armor of God, let's all make courage more contagious than fear. Doesn't dinner sound great as it's cooking? This dinner is from Riverbend Ranch, which always provides prime or high choice, has never been given hormones, never been given antibiotics, never been given mRNA vaccines. It's raised in the USA. It's processed in the USA. In fact, it's fully vertically integrated, which means that they own the cow that gives birth to the calf. It's raised on their fields and then taken to their butcher and then shipped to you. And if we compare what we can buy from Riverbend Ranch to four other major steak companies that sell bundles that have ribeyes and other meat in it, it can be as much as $184 to $59 less expensive. It's a great price value and it's a delicious piece of meat. Check out mycleanbeef.com slash hours that's mycleanbeef.com slash afterhours. mycleanbeef.com slash afterhours.